This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. You talk so much about uh, incumbents in trouble when we're talking about control of the House and the Senate pick up uh, opportunities for Democrats. How about pick up opportunities for Republicans in the suburbs? We, we're allowed to be on offense. We're allowed to walk and chew gum at the same time. We're allowed to defend incumbents that need defending and also pursue Democrat incumbents who could be defeated. At least that's what we better start doing if in this state and particularly in the suburbs if we ever want to be Republicans, if you ever want Republicans to be a majority party again. It cannot just be in the suburbs. We lose and then we give up, which has been sort of the protocol yeah. for Republicans for the past 25 years and thus the super minority status in Illinois. So a candidate stepped forward to take on the incumbent Democrat congressman uh, in the uh, northwest burbs. The incumbent is Raja Krishnamurthy. The challenger is uh, a new entrant into the political realm. He is J.D. Degonker. Did I get that right? J.D. Degonker. I'm so glad I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> JD, Absolutely. You did great. Did I? J.D.? Is that right? Degonker? He was going to have me introduce you, but he decided yes, to yes, do it himself. Absolutely. All right. We'll call you J.D. so I don't have to do that again. Yes. Uh, J.D. Uh, is a, a businessman running for Congress against Raja Krishnamurthy, and I think we'll just call him R.K. We're going to go D, D, J.D. versus R.K. So we can get... No, uh, Raja. J.D., thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Tell us uh, a little bit about um, why you chose to uh, make this run for Congress and how it's been going against the incumbent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's a great question. Thank you, Dan, for having me. This is Good Morning Monday. And uh, I am a legal immigrant, I feel so good when I landed on Chicago Air Airport in 1995. And uh, the day I became citizen in February 2003, I was proud citizen. And we work hard, like many immigrants, they come in this country with a hope, with American dream. And I came with hope and dream. And I have seen in the process, I have seen success and failure both. I I found that Canadian politicians, they are simply failing the hardworking Americans. And I cannot walk away from that. I have to stand up. And I have seen my career politician opponent is making sweet promises but not delivering to the hardworking Americans. And that's the reason I'm running. Now, have you uh, run for office before? This is your first time. This is my first time. You're, and, and what have you learned during the process? During the process, I have seen that every hardworking Americans, either you go to job or business or entrepreneur, but uh, democratic uh, politics, like uh, raising tax all the time, they have no common sense of how to grow the business. And that's the reason they are failing the states. That's the reason they are failing us federally as well. And you're uh, uh, you're Indian American, right? Is that I am Indian American. Now, I'm a small businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. Has has your heritage been certified by Elizabeth Warren? Because I want to make sure that we've got we've got you right. 
I'm kidding. All right, all right. That didn't that didn't work. Didn't work. Good try, all right, though. All right. You get an you A know, for effort. I'm trying to stay topical. Uh, hey, uh, so t- tell us about the business that uh, you started uh, in the, uh, well, I guess, 20 years now that you've been here. Right. Well, I have done uh, jobs, all kind of jobs. I used to work with United Airlines as well, and then I, I love the travel industry. I started a business in uh, auto industry, auto rental. I started my own company. I used to have uh, Avis Rent-A-Car Agency over t- almost close to seven, eight years. And then I started my own company, JD Go Rent-A-Car. And because of the high tax and many other reasons, we have to close that business. There's something else in your uh, bio that I understand that um, I, may be difficult to talk to you about, but it's uh, certainly part of your history. And I think you say it informs uh, how you've chosen to live your life. And that is uh, the tragic death of your father-in-law and two daughters. Could you speak to that? Oh, boy. Well, um, in 1999, uh, winter days, me and my wife and family, we went to work. And it's a carbon monoxide. Uh, it's a short circuit happened, and the carbon monoxide killed our two daughters and father-in-law. And uh, it's a very painful. One moment, doctor come and say, Sorry, we can't save your daughter. And another 10 minutes later, other doctor can come and say, can we have organ donation so we can make other family happy? How can I say no? So thank God. God gave us a wisdom that day. And uh, we saved six lives. And, and that gave us a little peace of mind that, thank God, we, even though we lost but we were able to save six lives through organ donation. Yeah. Organ donation. Yeah. So sorry you had to go through that. And so how does, how does that loss, um, how does that inform your life? And I mean, I mean, beyond running for office, I mean, just your life in general. Well, to be honest with you, that incident happened. And, uh, at that moment we didn't have our money to pay one funeral bill our friends and family come together and supported us. And that moment made me realize that life is something more than money. And that moment I dedicated my life to serve the humanity, serve the people of hardworking, hardworking Americans. And I tirelessly volunteer for the cause close to my heart. And I picked the civic empowerment that uh, living is not just living, but living respectfully. You work hard respectfully and uh, involved in the process that make you good citizen, not only just good human being, but good citizen. And that's the, that's the cause of my life. Now, when you were before the Sun-Times editorial board, they asked you about what would be your top cause or causes, and immigration was one of them. And right now, President Trump uh, is facing a, a minor, you know, just a challenge because five to 7,000 people in this caravan are moving toward the U.S.-Mexico border. He's uh, proposed bringing in active military. How do you think he would 
How do you think he should handle the situation? Well, I think president is doing great job handling uh, many issues, not only just immigration, but uh, specific this. Guys, globally, I'm saying America is the law-abiding country, and if our own politicians don't stand by our own uh, legal process, our border security, I'm with president in terms of handling immigration issue. We have to have a process in a place. We have to respect the law of the land. And we just can't see that. And happening. and uh, you have some standing to uh, some additional standing to say that every American has standing to say it. But you have some additional standing because you went through the process to become a naturalized citizen. Absolutely, I waited five years. My wife has to wait five years to call it a family, and uh, we feel proud when that day came. And uh, look, I. I have to. I, I want to be a little direct here. Um, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, when people say I want to come to America, they feel joy. But if somebody says, "Oh, what the heck? I'm going to go anywhere. Who's, who's going to stop me?" and that attitude is wrong, people should understand that. Absolutely, the most powerful country in the world, and you just simply walk in. Our democratic politicians must understand. They have to stand behind the country first before somebody they don't know. And just a, a question because of your story and you know, that you're Indian-American. Um, you know, it's just sort of like the conversation sometimes we have with uh, African-Americans or Jewish folks, which is why is uh, why do you think it is that so such a great percentage of Indian-Americans are affiliated with the Democratic Party instead of uh, the Republican Party? And is, is part of your candidacy trying to change that? Sure. Um, I feel proud to answer this question because India and America is like uh, we are like a cousin, brother and sister kind of. India is the largest democracy in the whole world mm-hmm. and we practice it every second. And America is the most oldest democracy in the whole world. And when people come from India, they think they are democratic back home, so they should be democratic here. But democratic is not just a democratic politics. You involve in the process. So people have to change their mindset. They work as all immigrants, Indians also, they work hard for every penny. And this question is directly connected with me. I have seen the success and failure in my life here. When I had to close my business, I drove almost 100,000 miles as an Uber driver. So technically, I was an Uber driver for almost two full years. Mm-hmm. I talked to more than 50,000 people. And uh, my wife and my family, my son, we discussed as a family, should we wait and go back in a line for a food stamp or something like that? And they said, Dad, oh, we can't. And my pride won't allow me to do that. And that's the reason I am I'm conservative. I am very conservative when it comes to financial uh, decisions we have to make, business decisions we have to make. 
And all the Indian American, even nationwide, I would say, think, guys, wake up. This is not the time that uh, we go by emotion. He is J.D. Degankar. Uh, how did I do? Second time. Did I remember it right? It's J.D. for Congress. Uh, JDforCongress.com is the website at J.D. The number four Congress is the Twitter handle. He is the Republican nominee in the 8th Congressional District, Republican challenger. J.D., thanks so much for joining us and sharing your story and your basis of candidacy. And good luck in the race on November 6th. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer.